Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Jimbo Colvert. He played with the Chicago Bears from 1983 to 1991. He's a Hall of Famer for both pro football and college football Hall of Fames and is a Super Bowl champion for the 85 Bears. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. All right. All right. Here's our, what are we down. calling it? Our pick challenge? Pick challenge. Okay, so... Pick challenge. Pick challenge. Okay. Just pick the winner. All right. No spread. No spread. Game one. Buffalo at the Rams. Buffalo. I'll take the Rams. Okay. Game two. New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans. I'll take Atlanta. All right. How about Pittsburgh at Cincinnati? I'm going with Cincinnati. Okay. I'll go with Cincinnati. What about Philadelphia and Detroit? Philly. Philly. Uh, you going with the I'm, Lions? I'm, no, I'm going to go with Philly. Your brother's former team? I'm going to go with Philly. Okay. I don't know. We I don't got... know how that's going to work. Oh, how about New England versus Miami at Miami? That's a divisional. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Miami. The home upset? Uh-huh. I'll take New England. Oh, boy. We're getting... All right. Baltimore at the Jets? Who you got? Baltimore. Baltimore. I agree. Jacksonville at Washington? Ooh, <laughs> what a pillow fight. Um, Where are they playing? At Washington? Oh, man. Uh... Let's go with Jack. I'll go Jacksonville. I don't go. know what's going on with the commanders. I'll go with Jacksonville. Cleveland at Carolina. <gasps> Baker Mayfield showdown. Let's go with who do you think? I'll go. He said he was going to beat their ass. That's what I'll he go said. with I'll go with Car- who's the quarterback for Cleveland? Well, I'll go with Carolina. I'll go. I, well, I'm going Carolina too. What about Indianapolis at Houston? I'm, Indi- I'm going Indy. Indian. That's the lock of the week. Yeah. New York. Giants versus Tennessee. That's a good one. At Tennessee. Yeah, you got to take Tennessee. I got Tennessee. I think you got to take Tennessee Tennessee. because last year they lost in the first round. Oh, dude, they were. They got pumped. They were great last year. Tennessee, can't believe they went out like that. Green Bay at Minnesota. This is your pick first. Who you got? Vikes. I'll go Green Bay. Come on. I'll go Green Bay. All right. What about Kansas City at Arizona? I'm going to go out there and get Arizona on the map. Let's do it. Arizona beats KC week one. I'll take KC. All right. Raiders. The Raiders. Chargers. Ooh. Interdivision rival. Who do you got? In LA. I don't know. I just think that with all the just weapons the in LA, LA. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm the, sorry. No, no. Las Vegas. Las Vegas will right. beat the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. Okay. Home Chargers. Tampa Bay at Dallas. It hurts me to say this, but I got to go Tampa Bay. I'll go Dallas in the upset. All right. No. Well, we got Denver, Seattle. Oh, that's the Monday. Okay. Well, I got Denver over Seattle for sure. All right. I'll take Denver. Okay. San Francisco at the Bears. I got the Bears. Could be the tiebreaker. I got the Bears. Come on. I got the Bears. All right. I'll go the Bears also. All right. Good. In a blowout. Why not? Why not? It's week one. Justin Fields shows out week one. All right. Cool. All righty. So week two, here we go. 
All right, what do you got? Chargers at Kansas City. Chargers at Kansas City. Kansas City wins. Yep. In a barn burner. Yeah. Mahomes throws four touchdowns. All right. I'll go with Kansas City. Jets at Cleveland. You know what? I haven't seen much Jets action, but I'm going to go Jets. I'll go Cleveland. Okay. Washington at Detroit. Detroit gets the first win of the season. Come on. Against the Commanders. At, you're right at home. I like it. I like it. I'll go Washington. Okay. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Division. Mm. Division game. In New Orleans. What do you got? I'll go Tampa. I'll go Tampa, too. We got Carolina yeah, at no, the Giants. Carolina at the Giants. Uh, man, that's a tough one. I'm going Giants. I'll go Giants. New England at Pittsburgh. Ooh. I think, ooh, I think New England's going to get it done there. I'll go New England. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Indy's going to crush them. Indy's going to crush them. I'll go Indy. Miami versus, or Miami at Baltimore? What do you think? I'll go Baltimore. Okay. I'll go, I'll go Baltimore too. Atlanta at the Rams. 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 Seattle at San Francisco. Division. Mm. San Francisco picks up the win. I'll go say, well, right, they'll be coming off their loss. The Bears will be yeah. mad. Their home opener. They're going to be, yeah. What about Cincinnati at, in Big D? You know what? I think Dak's going to put it together this week in week two. They're going to they're gonna come off the first week loss, unfortunately, to Tampa and win against Cincinnati. I'll take Cincinnati. All right. Houston at Denver. Oh, man. Broncos 2-0. Denver. Denver. Arizona well, at Well, you Las went Vegas. Raiders, so. Arizona at Raiders. No, I mean the last week you went Raiders against. Um, Arizona at the Raiders. Wow, that's going to be a nice one. Um, Arizona. I'll go Raiders. There we go. Home opener. Tennessee at Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo is going to win at home. Yeah, home opener. Yep. I'll mm-hmm. go Buffalo. Minnesota at Philly. Yikes. Um, I got to go. I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> then I, we got. And then last but not least, the big dog, big dog game. Chicago at Green Bay. Who you got, what do you think? Who you got? Bears in an upset. Bears all the way, baby. I agree. All righty. Check back. Make your own picks. See if you can beat us. Check back with us. Who will be, be crowned champion at the end of the year? Good luck. Well, let's get on to our guest, Jimbo Covert, 1985 Baird Super Bowl champion, newly inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Actually got to spend some time with him this at the Pro Football Hall of Fame this past weekend. Great guy. Spent some time uh, at the Steve McMichael fundraiser. Ran into him, reconnected. I used to be the ball boy when he played and said, you know, invited him to be on. He was in Chicago and uh, came in. So let's go talk to him. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. 
and we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Jimbo Covert. He played with the Chicago Bears from 83 to 1991. He's a Hall of Famer for both pro football and college Hall of Fames and is a Super Bowl champion playing on the 1985 Chicago Bears team. Let's maybe start off by um, where did you get the nickname Jimbo? That's a good, everyone asked me that question, and um, my, um, my mom took me to the, to the doctor when I was about three weeks old, four weeks old. And it was this old German guy, had an accent. His name was Dr. Trito. I was scared to death of him my whole life, you know, because that's where you had to go get shots all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, he doesn't look like a gym. He looks like a Jimbo. And that was it. It was a little stuck there from that point forward. Yeah. How was it growing up in Pittsburgh? Awesome. Awesome. Were you, were you a Steelers fan? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. My dad, um, you know, worked in a mill. And he was there 34 years before they shut down. My grandfather was there 44 years. Wow. So Armco Steel and, um, you know, all my buddies I grew up with, their dads either worked in the mill or the um, Valvoline oil you know, refinery or the railroad, Pennsylvania Railroad. So, you know, it was a blue-collar life, and I grew up right near the Ohio River. And, um, you know, hardworking people, really hardworking people, great work ethic, a great place to grow up. You know, we didn't have a lot all the time, but, uh, you know, my dad worked two jobs. He worked there, and then he, you know, one week a month when he was working night turn, he would go back out in the Sears and Roebuck moving truck for another eight hours moving, you know, furniture, appliances, you know, delivering stuff. And then my um, my mom worked at JCPenney part-time. So we uh, we had a great upbringing, and, um, you know, my brother and two sisters. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It teaches you a lot of stuff about life. Awesome. Well, what about as far as playing at Pitt, mm. playing in your home state? Yeah. Um, getting there, playing early. Mm-hmm. How was it playing for the Pitt Panthers, being from Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, my dad, you know, wanted me to stay close to home. You know, so he said uh, you can visit anywhere you want, but uh, you can only go three places: Pitt, Penn State, or Notre Dame. So that was it. And I visited, um, you know, all around. I visited Kentucky, Clemson, West Virginia, Maryland. Got recruited really heavy by Ohio State, Arizona State, you know, all, everywhere basically, and um, it was really down to Pitt and Penn State, you know. That but at that time, you know, Penn State was really good. Pitt was really good. Pitt just won a national championship in 1976, so you know, I just felt like that was the best place for me at that time, and uh, it all worked out. But I had some great teammates, you know. I had uh, Hugh Green, Ricky Jackson, Dan Marino. You know, the five starting offensive linemen when I was a Pitt all started as rookies in the NFL, and the five defensive linemen all started as wow. rookies in the NFL. It was pretty good. How was it playing uh, with Marino? I mean, it was great. I mean, he's, uh, you know, an all-timer, and um, he had a pretty good offensive line, though, you know. So he always uh, says he played whole games with us, you know, Jersey getting, you know, I've heard that. dirty. And he's right. I mean, we had a great offense. I mean, I my sophomore year was me, Russ Grimm, you know, another Hall of Famer, uh, Mark May, Emil Boers, and Rob Fade, who played in the league a long time, and so did Emil. So, 
five pretty good guys in front of you, you know? Yeah, I think we were reading, Budko and I were reading that. I think you gave up three sacks in three years yeah. and, and zero your senior year. So I was like, that's He'll, he'll tell you that's because pretty... he got a quick release, you know? That's what he'll sure, say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he saved you and you saved him. And then going into the, the draft, did you know the Bears were interested in you or you were like, I'm going wherever I'm picked? Yeah, you know, the only place I didn't want to go is Pittsburgh. I just felt like I was such a Steeler fan growing up and you know, I was worth seventy five because in high school and, and um yeah, pick because of Joe Green. I love Joe Green and I was just a huge Steeler fan, but I just felt like I needed to change, you know. Growing up in Pittsburgh, going to Pitt, I was just hoping to get out, you know, not because I hate Pitt. I love Pittsburgh. I'm actually going back today for the Pitt West Virginia game. I'm on a board of trustees there and I'm on the board of the hosp- big hospital there, but I love Pittsburgh. It's just, I just felt like I needed a change, you know, to get away a little bit. Sure. Where were you when you found out that you were drafted by the Bears? Um, I was at home. My dad, my brother and my dad took the day off from the mill and they invited a bunch of people over. And um, it was funny because we didn't have cable, you know, so I didn't even know I got drafted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that my brother's calling, you know, the phone was busy. He's calling guys from the mill to come over after, you know, night turn to come over for drinks in the morning, you know, and right. uh, I didn't I'm even trying. know. I didn't even know I got drafted. So, you know, Jim Finks was trying to call the right. call the phone and finally gets through like, because what the hell's going on over there? Uh, I said, what are you talking about? He said, uh, I've been trying to call for the last 45 minutes. You got drafted like four picks ago, you know? <laughs> Nice. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, they got a ticket for me and I uh, went there for that day. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I showed up and, um, you know, Mike Dick is like, hey, kid, I got a position for you to play. It's left tackle. That was on the first day I showed up. And then I started my first practice at minicamp. Didn't even know any of the plays. I just lined up there and you know, Dick, Stan- <laughs> Dick Stanfield told me what to do. Luckily, it was you were just in shoulder or uh, Nash sweats or whatever, shorts. But, um yeah, so I started from the very first practice. I stepped out on the field. And did another pit guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was a connection there. There always was. And, um, you know, growing up in Aliquippa, he grew up in Aliquippa, right directly across the river from where I grew up, had a similar background, went to Pitt. And I just think we connected. And, uh, you know, he knew he, what he was getting, you know. And, um, you know, we always had a great relationship. And, you know, all the guys on the offensive line said he always favored me, you know, because I was a pick guy. And I'd say it's a pit thing. You don't, you guys wouldn't understand. So right. I um, remember that, that team because I was the ball boy. I don't know if you remember, but I was the ball boy. So, oh, were you? Yeah. We met, you know, Bortz and Thayer and Hilge and all those guys. Van wasn't, Horn. Uh, wasn't, um, and so was uh, Matt, Matt Dicka was a ball boy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That um, was, <laughs> and so was uh, Jeff Ireland. Yeah, the Jeff. Yeah, yeah I, Jeff okay. Ireland, the general manager. Jeff Ireland. He was because uh, his uncle was uh, Jim Palmer, the scout. Oh, okay. okay. So he was he was one of our ball boys too, the offensive line ball boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember a couple like, good couple good ball boys we had. Yeah. There. Well, <laughs> who's the toughest player you ever played against? Uh, well, I played against some good guys in practice. You know, right? And uh, Richard Dan and Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty good players right. there. But I think the best player I played against, you know, every down is Leroy Solomon. Um, you know, he was a five-technique guy on a 34 defense, never came out of the game. You know, a lot of these guys are, you know, in and out and pass rush specialist and stuff like that. But, uh, no, he was the best. I mean, you know, I played against Lawrence Taylor. I played against Bruce Smith. I mean, 
all great players. Lawrence Taylor's probably the best defensive player ever, but the guy I had to play against every down, I didn't see Lawrence Taylor every down, you know? Right, so sure. the guy you had to line up against every down, you know, I thought he was the best. I remember because when my dad retired, we moved down to Florida and, and they didn't have the Tampa, the old sombrero. Oh, yeah, the old sombrero. So yeah. Go, right? Cause yeah. Leroy Selman, Tampa, yeah. right? Yeah, he's and the old, player. whatever that color is. That, yeah, it's like creamsicle or something. <laughs> Are there any certain uh, plays that stand out from your career that kind of just, you know, you still think about heat of the moment as far as something that got you to the next level as far as getting you kind of pissed off? Or um, like I, I know I'm, I could play in the pros. I, oh, I, I like here's. You know what, Matt? I knew that from the day I got there. You know, I think that um, I was really well coached at Pitt. I had a guy named Joe Moore who was my line coach, and you know he coached a lot of All Americans, a lot of All Pro players, a couple of Hall of Famers. So he he knew what he was doing. And you know when I got there, I was you know like a pass protect you know better than any of the offensive linemen over there already you know and um and so and run block as well so I, I was pretty confident when I got there that I could play at the next level and um you know I think the thing for me that was the hardest and it really threw me off is the Bears system you know that they had so growing up your whole life if you look at the numbered systems of the holes for offensive uh, game plans and offensive uh, systems, it's always odd numbers on the left, even numbers on the right. It's been that way since the history of time, right, from the beginning of mm -hmm. football. Well, the Cowboys system was backwards because what happened was Tom Landry was looking at the – he was a defensive coordinator, and he was looking at the defense, so he looked at it like a mirror. So it was completely opposite. So all the odd numbers were on the left and the even numbers were on the right. So I went the wrong way for about, you know, first three weeks of training camp. I remember me and Keith Van Horn had a tackle trap and we hit each other, you know, like two bulls hit each other. Yeah. Would that would you think that came from Ditka being at the Cowboys? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they put the Cowboy system in and and um you know, that threw me for a little bit of a loop because, you know, you do that for your whole life. Sure. And then um you know, it's it's difficult. So the first, you know, first couple of weeks of training camp, you know, other than just hitting guys, you know, I had to kind of get the system down. And then in the first couple of weeks, I did okay, but I just wasn't comfortable. And then, um, you know, I missed a couple assignments at uh, in a, in Baltimore. You know, it's the only game I've ever got pulled out of. And so, you know, Dicka pulls me out. And then, you know, I mean, it, it, it was funny because my parents and my uncle and aunt and uncle drove down from Pittsburgh to watch me play. There. And he, they, you know, stands are right here. And he, he, he called me every name I've never even heard before, you know, and then cussed me all the way into the locker room and then cussed me all the way, all the way inside the locker room and in front of the team. And then he, uh, and then he broke his hand on that, on that uh, equipment locker, okay. you know? And you're like, I'm never making like, a mistake again. Yeah, I'm never making a mistake again. <laughs> then the next week he challenged me and said, you know, we drafted you to number one and, you know, I don't even get your head up your ass. I don't know what your problem is. And and it was, you know, I just, it, I missed a couple assignments. And then, you know, then we had a new court. Vince Evans came in because McMahon got hurt and then the cadence is different. And, <laughs> you know, Vince snaps it and me and Keith Van Horn are still in our stance, you know, and and my guy just happened to get to Vince Evans first, right? So, of course, it's my fault. You sure. Know? And so that was, you know, that was a little bit difficult. But then he challenged me, and then the next week we played Denver. I got a game ball, and nice. I never, uh, never looked never back, back after that. You know, I just think it took some kind of a catalyst to just 
pound that into your brain that now you're imprinted. So when I see it now, I I I could, can't believe of going back the other way. You know, when I'm watching <laughs> games and stuff, you know, yeah. And my kids calling my kids, well, that's on, and they're they're like they're they're when the, my son Scotty played at Iowa, and he's like, Dad, that's not how, you know, that's not how it works. Like, yeah, no kidding, but. Yeah, now it's imprinted. Can't what, get it What do you out think now. the biggest part of the game now in the NFL has changed since then? I just say the preseason stuff and all the practicing and everything like that. You know, it probably hasn't changed much from, you know, like when Dick and Dicka and those guys played. I mean, we had six weeks of two a days. You know, we, yeah. we beat the hell out of each other. And, yeah, y'all hit each other every practice. Almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, we started we started uh, preseason with Nutcracker for the first three, <laughs> three you know, uh, Oklahoma drove Oklahoma for the first drill. three. Three days, four days, where you get a headache, and you know that was, and then you had a big bruise about right here, you know, for like a week, and and then it was just, you know, ten jumping jacks and kick the shit out of each other, you know, and so I mean, it was just they don't, you know, they don't do that anymore, you know, they don't have two a days. That's interesting, and I think I think it's it keeps the players healthy, but I think that's what you see, maybe earlier in the season, you see a little bit better play by the defense rather than the offense because right. the offense yeah. guys defense they, is always ahead it seems yeah, they just have to catch stuff. up they got to catch yep. up because you know they're not hitting you know mm-hmm. really they don't have two a days and so it's it's a little bit different tempo and i think practice tempo is different And ours was you know full pad like week during a week off on tuesday full pads on wednesday full pads on thursdays fridays were supposed to be you know half pads like sweats and shoulder pads and stuff but then invariably someone would hit somebody and there'd be a fight. And then next thing you know, the pads are going on, right? Because they didn't. And then we, you know, in like 85, we wore pads every Friday, full pads. Wow. You know, 49ers are doing that once a week, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it just wears you out a little bit, I think. And, you know, that's why the, I, I, I'm i convinced that, you know, it's just old school shit and that's what Mike did. And, you know, I'm okay with that. But, you know, I'm convinced that, you know, we always started out 6-0, 7-1, and then, you know, we lose a couple in November and lose a couple in December just because you were just so worn out, you know. And then you got that two weeks off between the playoffs and at least you can recharge a little bit, you know. Uh, we didn't have an off week until later in my career. So, you know, they didn't even have those things. Didn't no exist. buys. No buys or anything. <laughs> so they didn't have that. So I just think it's just changed a lot. Sure. Yeah, and you just kind of see that in the beginning of the year, I think, with defense. How sure. People aren't rapping and. You know, but they don't do you, it. You, could, you don't. Hit, you don't you know, do it. Yeah. If you don't do it, you're not going to be able to. You know, you're not just gonna, turn it on. It's repetition. Yep. You know, and um, especially for offensive linemen too. I mean, you got you got to go live. Sure. I mean, you got to go live, or else you know you you don't get good aiming points. Your, your angles are horrible. You got bad footwork. Bad feet. Yeah. Yeah. You just you know you can't do it half speed. Who's the best athlete you've ever played with? That's a lot. I play with a lot of good ones. <laughs> Um, Walter was. I'd say I, I'd say Peyton was Peyton. probably the best athlete. You know, I mean, he could do anything. That guy. I mean, I've seen him walk on his hands like fifty yards. <laughs> I mean, I mean, crazy, crazy athletic stuff. You know, I mean, he was just and he was just like an Iron Man. You know, it couldn't. That's why he played so long. Plus, he's just a freak. You know, freak of nature because you, you, it's hard. I mean, in the NFL, to, it's a combination of that freakish. You know, kind of. You know being like, you know, a freakish human body that he has and then 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at someone like Bruce Matthews, he got drafted the same time I did. You know, he played like 15 years, you know, and missed very little games. And his brother, too. They're both like genetic freaks, oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, and so that you whole just, family. Yeah, the Matthews family. Yeah. And you just, but but it's also a combination of that and luck. You know sure. what I mean? Like I missed, I missed, um, like my first three years of Pitt, I missed one game and I could have played that game. They held me out. And then my first four years with the Bears, I missed one game and they could have helped, I could have played. They held me out. So it's like seven years of really not missing a game. And then, you know, you know, you get that injury bug. I got nicked in 87 and then, you know, it's just, yeah, I mean, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, I got a whole pile fell on my ankle and bruised my Achilles and all my toes were black. I sprained both sides of my ankle and, and missed a week and then I had to play next week at San Francisco. I mean, and now they got this really nice, uh, high technology ankle braces, you know, the one I had on was basically two popsicle sticks with some athletic tape tape on it, (laughs) wrap it up, tape it up. And, you know, of course I played like a quarter and blew it out again. (laughs) And then, then it was like, out for three weeks, you know, till the end of the season. So just stupid stuff. But yeah, it's uh, a little different now. Starting the the eighty five season, it was you guys. I think I was there a lot watching you guys. Are pretty confident, and that was a that was a great year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we. It just seemed like that year everything just came together. Everything you know? clicked. But I think everything. I think every every good team has to have you know, some type of a motivational factor. And I think when we got embarrassed out in San Francisco in 84, you know, when those guys were like on the sidelines saying, bring an offense next time, you know, <clears throat> we didn't have a quarter, you know, Steve was hurt or Mac was hurt. And then, and we had like a cavalcade of quarterbacks that year. We had uh, Bob Avellini, Rusty Lish. Um, uh, was it Tom's Greg Landry, Landry, right? No, that, he wasn't there till 85. Greg oh. Landry. Um <laughs> I mean, think about it. And right. um, and so when after Mac got hurt, it just, you know, it was very difficult. But we did pretty well, you know, and um but we just we just couldn't score a lot. That hurt us. So uh but we went back out there next year and kicked their ass. I think we just were so motivated Yeah. Uh to do that. That's so. when they started using right the was it Guy McIntyre and then? Well, that was '84. Yeah, they tried to shove it, right. you know, then, up our, you know, where the sun don't shine. And I think Mike remembered that. Started know? using the fridge. Oh back yeah, then, that's how right? it started. That's how it started. So, uh, and they deserved it too. Yep. Um, they, but they got us in the playoffs, man. They they were able to be, you know, amped up, and that's why I'm con- that's why I'm convinced that, you know, just. I think it's a good idea what they do with these guys now, just by just keeps them healthy and keeps them fresh and everything like that. And I think that's why you see good playoff games, you know, because guys yeah. are guys are healthy and mm-hmm. you know they're not doing much during the week. Like our practices and like we were like live on Wednesdays, <laughs> nine on seven, it was live. You know, I mean, no tackling, right? That's during the week, and the money's a little different. Oh, money's. I mean, you're paying yeah. you're paying the guys so much now that you you can't get them. Hurt. It's completely different, man. When it, we, we, we didn't even have an indoor facility, so we used to get on the bus, like a high school team. This is '85. You know, run to feed. We get on the bus, go to Morton East High School and practice. We get the bus driver to stop on the way back at a bar. You know, you'd walk in there with your uniform, buy two six packs, right. or a case of beer. There you go. This is is, is totally, totally different now. Now I got the Taj Mahal over there, you know, and uh, 
people. Yeah, these guys don't even know what it was like in the old days. Right. You mean you didn't have where they'd make breakfast? Oh, you know, are you kidding? You, how about our lunch? Personalized you, protein shake? At, at our lunch, you had to. The only time that anyone ever bought lunch was if the offensive line didn't allow any sacks, the defensive line would buy lunch. If the D-line had more than double-digit sacks, the O-line would buy lunch, right? That's it. No one else bought lunch. And so you'd have a – there'd be a, a yellow legal pad by the – by the equipment cage, and you put your number down, 74, you know, cheeseburger, fries, and a shake, and you had to square up with them at the end of the week. I mean, it would, you had to buy your own lunch. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's, it's these guys don't even, they, they, right. they would go in culture shock. They'd probably go in there and say, what's going on in here? Is this like, a, is this like am I on candy camera right. or something? Right. Yeah. Where's my sushi? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever they eat these days to stay healthy. <laughs> then um, transitioning out. You know, injury and stuff like that. Then, like, how old? How old were you? Thirty-three, I think. Right. Yeah. So I, just, I was talking. About, I was talking to my dad about that, and he's like, "You don't think? You know, maybe I don't know if you thought about what you might do after." Because he's like, "What do I do at thirty-three? What do I love second best?" Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing. You know, you don't love anything as much as you love football. <laughs> was your transition difficult as far as kids? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Stayed in Chicago? Yeah, stay in Chicago. But you don't love anything as much as football. Sure. It's your life. I mean, you're a football player, you know, so you can't replace that unless you try to stay in it somehow, coaching or something, but that's still not the same. Yeah. Did playing. you think about ever being a coach? Nah, you know, when I, I was just – I just never enjoyed it, you know. I'd coach these, you know, those they they ask you to coach when I was playing to coach these like high school camps, you know, or like right. you know, like uh, kids camps and stuff. And you know, I'd tell the guy to get down the stance and here do this, and I was very coachable. So the first person told me to like my line you coach told it. me to do something, I did it. You know, I'd say, hey, you know, get your head down, put a little weight forward, don't do this, get your head, you know, evenly balanced, you know, the whole stuff we all learn when we were kids. And they come up and do completely the opposite, right. you know. I said, didn't we just, I didn't we just talk to you about this, you know? And they, and then they come back again, do it completely the opposite. I'm like, I, I can never coach. Right. I, my mind will get blown after like the first day, you know. Um, I think back how we were taught, everybody like my, you know, it's such a perfectionist and and the heart for the game. I think my dad, like my dad too, he would be like, he couldn't. I don't think he could accept, you know, like. The lack of if effort. You're not, lack if of you're effort. not, if you're not doing it, I don't like think it's lack of effort. It. I don't think it's lack of effort. I just think it's just, I don't know. I blame everything on video games. But you know what I mean? Like, if yeah, you're not doing it like you would do it, as yeah. hard as you would do it, I don't think kids were, they just don't. There's a lot more the, distractions. The new days, breed, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, when we, like if I if I got beat inside it, you know, like it it pit when I play left tackle, which is like the cardinal sin. You can't get beat inside because you never have help. You know, because guards usually go in with the center, so you get beat inside. That's like the cardinal sin. I got beat inside, man. Joe Moore would send me down, and they held this hole underneath Pitt Stadium. You know, and it was just a, you know, like a little like synthetic thing, and you do mirror dodge for like an hour <laughs> until you're. Until your, your, well, until your knees uh, are all well, torn until your thighs would shake. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it's like doing stadiums till you're till you're just yeah, wobbling you did, down. You did mirror dodge for like an hour. You know, and and you, you wouldn't get beat inside again. And <laughs> right. and so it was just repetition, repetition, repetition. And I just think that you're right. There's a lot of distractions, and I think it's hard for kids to absorb all that. You know, there, there's believe me, there's a lot of tough kids out in the NFL playing right now, and there's a lot of tough kids playing football. It's just the concentration factor isn't there like it used to be. Like, you know, where, I mean, where I grew up, 
well, what was I going to do? Yeah, you know, was totally I, focused on football. Right. Was I, I mean, it was either the mill, uh, the military or getting a football scholarship. That was it. You know what I mean? And so I tore my rotator cuff my junior year in high school and I never told anybody. Oh. And it would pop out all the time when I would play, and it popped out my, you know, my whole senior year, and then it popped out my whole first two years of pit. I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid I wasn't going to get a scholarship. Wow. You know, what was I going to do? Tell my dad I got torn rotator cuff. <laughs> you know, he'd flip out. Rub a little dirt on it. Yeah, yeah, he'd flip out. <laughs> what? What is? Yeah, that? it's it's attached, isn't it? Right. It still works, <laughs> doesn't it? So I I just you know I just didn't say anything. So I mean it's a it's a totally different mindset not to say there's not tough kids playing right now because there are a lot of tough kids in the nfl and college football playing but you know not it's just different yeah i guess it's where you're raised i mean if you you know my kids i got great kids and they're tough kids but they're you know they're not they're you know it's not like where i grew up you know it's a little bit different what do you think about this year's uh chicago bears team you follow the bears you know honestly i i i would have to say that i read some stuff i get you know i get i get the um the things online, you that know, means. I read a lot of, I read a lot of, you know, I usually read like the Trib and the New York Times and, you know, that kind of stuff in the morning and uh, Pittsburgh, I always read the Pittsburgh Post Gazette online. And then, uh, so I'll, I'll get the Steelers stuff and then I get the Bears stuff. So I keep up with it a little bit and then, you know, I'll watch all the games, but I'm no expert. That's for sure. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, what the lineup is. I know that. I know right. who the quarterback is and couple of the offensive line, but I couldn't right. tell you the whole crew. Plus, plus or minus five wins. Yeah. That's what you'll know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had the coach on earlier coach this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, Matt? The new coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, seems uh, like a good He guy. seems to be a really good guy. Yeah, I, I never met him. I exchanged texts with him a couple times. Um, but, you know, he reached out to me when he took the job, and that was really good. I think he reached out to your dad, yep. too. But, you know, yep. first time that ever happened with any Bears coach. So um, I will say this, from what I've got to see from the Bears this year, they're playing as hard or harder than I've seen. And to me, that was encouraging alone. Well, I think that's, I think that's a, you know, I think that's a a attribute to those guys. You know, I think they're, they're, you know, they're, they're instilling a little bit more sense of urgency on guys. And, um, you know, I don't know what their final roster is going to be, but it seems like to me you're going to have a lot of rookies make the team. And I think if that happens, then you, it just tells you that, hey, they're not going to put up with this anymore. You know, there's mediocrity, right? So I think that's a good thing. And um, I like Ryan Pools. I mean, I played against his dad at Boston College, you know, junior Pools. And so um, he's a football kid, came from a football family, played offensive line. So it's good to have an nice. offensive lineman in there, you know, one of those, another smart guy in there. <laughs> right, you know? definitely. So, and then uh, just the, maybe the transition after football, you know, you were 33 when you got into health care and yep, stuff like yep, that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, I just tried to apply the same kind of stuff that I learned in football. You know, I mean, everybody talks about hard work, you know, dedication, perseverance, you know, overcoming adversity and doing all this stuff. I just tried to have the same type of mentality when I got into the business world, you know. I just knew no one was going to outwork me and um, I was going to stay as long as I had to do to get the job done um, and work as hard or harder than anybody else. And that was the difference, you know, so I got an opportunity and, you know, I had a, I had a really good guy who was a mentor of mine. He's, he's just passed away, Vern Laux, who's the chairman and CEO of Baxter Healthcare. He's a great guy. And uh, it was about two years before I retired, you know, and I went in and, 
over building one over there at Baxter and Deerfield and had lunch with him. And, you know, after we sat down in the office, he said, uh, what do you think you're going to do when you're done? I said, you know, I ain't even thought about it. And he said, uh, what's your degree in? And I said, English. And he goes, well, you know, we got a lot of great sales positions around here and English is a great degree and, you know, can write and, you know, you can talk to people and probably have a decent vocabulary, right? And at least be able to talk to people and, you know, be, uh, you know, be able to uh, sell. So that's where I started. So I started there in late 91 and early 92 and started there in sales at Caremark and, you know, which was a division of Baxter. And that's kind of the rest is history. I was really lucky. I worked hard and, but I had, I was in the right place at the right time in my career in a couple of places, you know what I mean? And so I got, I was really able to advance and moved around, worked hard. You know, my wife raised the kids. I mean, I have to admit I wasn't around as much as I should have been just because I was always on the road, but I was there at all their games and tried to be there. But you know, when I was playing, I was there every second, you know, taking them to school and everything and doing all that kind of stuff. But then when I was on the road, you know, I was out Monday morning, I was back Thursday night, you know, and so at least I got to see all their stuff and I was around for the weekends, but during the week I was pretty much out of pocket, you know. Where'd they, they go to high school here? Went to Lake Forest, yeah, okay. so, um, but I think that's the way it is in a lot of families, but, you know, that's when they're 24, they're doing that, <laughs> not when they're 33 or 34, you know, so right. uh, a little bit different. So I started my career 10 years late and felt I had a lot of, uh, catching up to do you know so i think that that was a piece of it and then you know i think as many doors as being an athlete in chicago opened up it closed just as many as you know because i just think people thought you were a dumb jock right and you couldn't do the job um so you know but i think you get a chance to meet them and they meet you and then you prove differently and then they get your respect and you know it's like anything else right yeah we got something special this year for the 2022 Bears season. Team Butkus Tailgates. We're having our inaugural tailgate at the opener, 9-11 versus the 49ers. Any and all information can be found on butkustailgate.com. Ticket prices, time, location, all the fun we're going to have. Come out and support us. The firemen, first responders, it's really important. Wear your 51 jerseys, wear your 34 jerseys, wear your 54 jerseys, wear your 99, any Bears. And if you have a San Francisco fan, they're invited too. You can bring them along and we can play jokes on them all day. So we're going to have a good time. I guarantee it. So it's going to be a beautiful day, something new we're going to try. We're going to give back to charities in Chicago, raise some money. Have a good time and watch the Bears kick some ass. Any and all information pertaining to the tailgate can be found on butkustailgate.com. That's butkustailgate.com. Thank you, Jimbo Colbert, for joining the show today. And thank you to my co-host, Matt Butkus. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description for part two with Jimbo Colbert and the butkusaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbudkiss.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Amendola, and we'll catch you on the next one.
AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is a technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award and Butkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com. 1-877-WEB-NOW-1.